Welcome back. Welcome to episode 10 to the Chris Black Keep Professional podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you've spent time with me in the past, then I hope this week's a good one for you. We're going to be doing a career spotlight this week. We're going to be hooking for a living. And I ain't talking about a streetwalker type either. We're talking about the towing professionals of the world. So if you've got a background in towing and recovery, this will be a good episode for you. If you've never dealt in that realm, this will be a good introduction to an industry you're not yet familiar with, but you will be by the end of the day. So stay tuned and let's get started. Welcome back. Today we're going to do a career spotlight. As I said in my trailer, I've had more jobs than Dick Van Dyke in the movie Mary Poppins. Something different every day. Um, Although I've never been a one-man band, but I feel like it some days. So today we're going to talk about my esteemed career in the automotive recovery and towing industry. (laughs) It's fun. So before I ever got into towing cars... I got into repossessing cars for the payday loan places around here. And I use that term loosely. I didn't own a truck to repossess the vehicles. I got keys and went and you know, picked up cars and you get the idea. Easy enough, easy enough. And I got paid you know, a, a flat fee for each one that I picked up. Now, whether it took me two or three days you know, or two or three weeks to pick up the cars, I got paid a flat rate for every car that I recovered. It was pretty, pretty cool. But I didn't really like that aspect of it, the, you know, hunting for cars at night, and it was kind of dangerous. So I decided, you know, tow truck driver is going to be more fun. So I um, thumbed through the phone book one day, and I was looking for something else and came by our record services. And here, of course, you know, back in the day, Waldrop was the, that was the big boy in town, of course. They've been out of business for years now. And, um, you know, I called the big boys, and um, I came across one called BG Towing. And so I called them and said, hey, y'all uh, doing any hiring? And, well, if you're interested in getting a job with that here, uh, I'll, I'll get, get with my brother and have him call you back real quick. I said, all right, cool. So I left my number and all that, and I get a call from his brother about a day or two later. And uh, he calls me and says, hey, I understand you want to drive a tow truck. You ever driven one before? I'm like, yeah, I've been around. You know, it's, it's been a while. Meet me at the parking lot there at the Walmart. I said, okay. So I go, uh, I get there, and um, I see a big yellow truck, you know, parked out in the parking lot. And there's a guy sitting there, and I, I assume that's the guy. I roll up on him. He goes, you Chris? I say, yes. He goes, all right. He's like, what you know about tow trucks? I'm like, they're a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. You can make a lot of money. He goes, ah, that's right. That's right. All three are correct. And I said, okay. Well, I noticed when I peered in past him on the, the seat was a, a big-ass revolver pistol sit on the seat next to him and this guy's i mean he seems all right he's cool you know and uh he's like it's me my my daddy and my brother we we run it and we work for AAA, and we do this and we do that i'm like all right cool so um yeah you got a clean driving record i said yes sir he said all right and uh, he goes what kind of experience you got and i said well i said i'll just put it to you like this you show me how you want things done and i'll do it the way you know your company wants it done all you got to do is show me once and it's one and done he said all right cool well Tomorrow morning, I'm going to have you meet with another driver at this location. I'm going to have him, you know, park your car there. It was another Walmart, funny enough. And uh, I was like, you park your car there, and then I'll send you out for today. So, okay, cool. So, <clears throat> I jump in the uh, 
the truck the next morning, I picked some ungodly hour, like 6.30, 6.45 in the Walmart parking lot. I jumped in the truck, and I'm not prepared at all, man. I got got on, you know, regular jeans and a long sleeve shirt and a leather jacket because it's freezing cold outside. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go tow some cars. So I remember the first call we went toward was a AAA call, and it was supposed to be picked up at a house and go to a dealership. We got called off of that one and wound up going to a different call for one reason or another. And the driver, he was cool. Um, he's like, yeah, we, we had to run these calls pretty quick and do this and do that. Um, pretty fast to keep customers happy. I said, okay. So day one, I'm kind of learning, figuring it out. So um, we go from there. It's about 9, 9.15 in the morning, give or take. And we go over to the yard. You got to meet Willie at the yard. I said, all right, cool. So we go over there and I meet the driving supervisor, Mr. Willie. Um, Mr. Willie was a character all his own. He's a great guy, but he, he did not like me from the very beginning. And that was, you know, got to earn respect, I guess. So, uh, Mr. Willie has me go in this field. It's, it's, it's a gated kind of a thing, but you can't really see the cars and it's hard to get to. And I mean, the grass has grown up and there's like cars. It's hard to believe there's cars stuck back here. So we go after this truck, this pickup truck with a camper shell on it that's going back to Mobile. Several phone calls later, it's determined that I'm going to drive this truck down to Mobile, which is about a three-hour, eh, I don't know, two and a half, three hours, give or take, drop the car off, collect the money, and come back. That was my job. You know, I was like, all right, cool. So I'd been there a whole three hours, and now they're sending me out of town. It's going to be all right. I can live with this. So uh, I took a crash course in how to operate a flatbed, and I'll never forget it was a 2005 Freightliner Business Class M2. And they're like, all right, you pull this lever and it does this. You pull this lever, it does that. And, you know, pull the winch up. And then once you put your V-bridle on, you're going to pull the, the car up to this point. And then you're going to find these little little slots back here. You're going to put your chains in. I mean, and that, you think you got it? I'm like, yeah. All right, when you get down there, do everything I just told you in reverse. All right, cool. Well, we didn't have GPS back then. And it wasn't something you just, you know, pulled up in your phone. That's for certain. I had a flip phone at best. And um, I didn't have any VZ Navigator or nothing like that. So uh, I, at that point, I didn't even have a map book. So I had to call and get directions and write it down from the customer. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I make my way down there. We get it going. And I get down there. And I remember half of what I was told with loading and unloading. I was so nervous about getting the, you know, driving this big old truck down and, and all that. I was so nervous. I get down there and I forgot half of everything I learned. And the guy being funny was like, is this your first day, buddy? I said, yes, sir. He goes, is this company? I said, nah, man, ever driving a tow truck? He's like, oh, damn. And so uh, he thought I was joking with him, I guess. I, I kind of said that I was kidding. But anyway, so long story short, I get it unloaded and I head back. And of course, I get back and it's after dark. And uh, they put me with the nighttime driver to kind of get a feel for the night shift a little bit. And, of course, I had no idea, you know, what I was doing. I was learning. And the next day, the, you know, same thing. And uh, I met up with the owner. We're fueling up trucks. And he's like, I don't know what, what we got to do. We're going to have to get you down to the hospital and get you a little implant. I was like, for what? We got to implant some lead in that footage. So you took too damn long getting down there and back. You should have been back way before dark. And I was just trying to be safe. He's like, nah, man, you get in that truck and you drive. You drive as fast as that truck will take you. But don't get no tickets. I'm like, all right, well, that's, you know, we all know how that goes, right? So um, I started learning the the service side 
you know, that, that weekend, uh, I got put in the service truck and I could do basic things. We did, um, tire changes, jump starts and fuel deliveries. Um, and we sold batteries and battery sales was a big part of what we did. And so Mr. Willie usually drove the service truck, but since I was trained, that's what I had to do. And then after I had, you know, some time in the service truck, then I got in a uh, rollback. Now, mind you, I drove a rollback all the way to Mobile and back. And it got stuck in a service truck for two weeks. I'm like, all right, whatever. I even did service calls from the rollback, but wasn't allowed to tow anything. So finally, on a Saturday afternoon, I get called over and um, Willie has me in the, the truck uh, in a rollback. And we run a couple calls and this truck has air brakes. And if you've never driven a truck with air brakes, it can be exciting. And so Willie starts yelling at me about, you know, hey, you got to watch the wheel. You got to watch the brakes now. You got to pay attention. You can't just be braking at the last minute. And, uh, and Willie was a godly man. He, uh, he's a real, you know, devout Christian and he didn't swear a whole lot. You know, he's a nice guy and all, but, uh, at one point we were, uh, in the traffic, uh, I tagged the air brakes a little tough and, and threw Mr. Willie on the floor. And, uh, he, he said, David, Chris, you know what? If you can't get me through without killing me, then you just ain't going to work out. You better get it together. And so I got it together. And I decided at that point, I'm either going to you know, get fired because I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. Or I'm going to be the best damn tow truck driver there is, period, exclamation point. I mastered the service calls. I could do a tire change with no problem. Uh, you know, all the, the service stuff was easy, you know, and, and it was all different, but it was all stupid, simple. So long story short, I kind of, you know, showed Willie that I could operate the rollback and get some things done. And they started finally on a Sunday evening. I've been working all day. Uh, my boss calls, and it's one of the sons, and uh, he's like, hey, how you feel about that rollback you got? So I think I'm good with it. What I'm going to need you to do. Now, we're going to go out here to this place, and I'm going to need you to load this truck up. Now, do you know how to do that? I say, yes, sir. Once you get it loaded up, I'm going to need you to follow that man home, and then when you get there, I need you to collect $125 or whatever the fee was. It's okay. Don't you put that van down, that whatever. Well, I think it was a van. Don't put it down until you get your money. Once you get your money, you write him a receipt, then you give him his vehicle. Yes, sir, I understand. So I get down there, and I'm nervous by myself. I ain't got nobody around me. I'm the expert. And uh, it was getting dark. It was on a Sunday, and uh, it was getting dark. And I loaded it. Was a, I think it was a Dodge Caravan, if I'm not mistaken. I loaded it up, tie it down, get everything nice and smooth. And the gentleman said, i tell you what we're going to do. Instead of going all the way around the world, I'm going to pay your, to your toll to go across this toll bridge right here you just follow me to where we got to go and i'll get you there said, all right cool man i was so doggone nervous I, it's the first vehicle i'd ever loaded myself and it was on me and i mean i almost ran off the road looking at the damn you know vehicle in the back of the bed because i was afraid it was gonna fly off and every time we bounce it bounced i'm like oh lord and um after that man i was hooked 110 percent. you had me and that was it So now that I'm hooked and, and towing is, is a lot like the mafia, you can get in, but you never get out. And that, that's how I feel about it. Even now it's, it's been years since I've run a truck, but it's still an industry I love. So, um, I gained my confidence and started towing a few more, you know, vehicles and different types of things and short haul, long haul and everything in between. And, uh, this was a very interesting way this company did business because it was a father and two sons. 
and the way it would work was, you know, the oldest brother would work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the youngest brother would work Tuesday and Thursday, and then the following Monday, they would switch. So basically, they had an easy week and then a hard week, and an easy week and a hard week, and then, you know, dad just, he helped out whenever and answered the phones and all that. But here was the cool part. By the time the weekends rolled around, you know, the brother that had the hard week, he's ready for a break. So I built up enough confidence and trust. They allowed me to run the phones. And, and let me tell you, running the phones, man, that's, that's a boss move. And I mean that in more than one way. Running the phones is where it's at. Because now you're at home. The phones come to you. You got to dispatch your drivers and send your calls out and make sure everybody's getting taken care of. And, man, it is incredible. And I didn't have one or two drivers. Oh, hell no. I had, you know, five, six people at some times. It would get crazier than that. I'd have calls holding all over creation. And, you know, you got the next tail rolling. You calling people. Brr. Hey, man, where you at on this? Brr. Hey, one you on your way back. Take care of that. And we weren't on the same frequency. We were just hitting the next tail chirp, man, one-on-one. And so it got kind of crazy there, and you kept the customers happy. And, of course, I had to figure out how much to charge. And, I mean, it was awesome, man. So they got more comfortable with me doing that. So then after I got to run the phones, they're like, you know, hey, you mind running, you know, taking care of the drivers, you know, getting, getting them fueled up and all that. So then I went from, you know, answering the phone calls. And that's a big deal because you're the face of the company. Everybody that calls in, you're the face. Then I got to where on the weekends they would let me run the trucks. And what I mean by that is I had to fill up the trucks, collect the cash, collect the receipts. I would use the cash we collected to put fuel back in the trucks, keep up with the receipts, do all that kind of stuff. Man, I was running things. I'm talking about I thought I was somebody. And I was. I was running their business for the weekend. And every now and then I get that phone call, hey, uh, y'all got this covered? Yes, sir. How's everything going? Oh, man, it's going awesome. You know, uh, and then, of course, every now and then you get a little bonus. And the bonus was when you get a call from the state trooper's office letting you know, hey, we're doing a roadblock. We need you to send two trucks out. Now, this was like hitting the lottery because every car you pulled got charged a $75 hook, $5 a mile, and $35 a day in storage. So if they were getting arrested, you had their car for five days, $35 times five days, carry to one, you could make some money. Now, what was cool about this was the quick hits. They would impound your car if you did not have a license, which they haven't always done that. They would impound your car if you were getting arrested. They would impound your car for a myriad of reasons. But your car got towed. You had to go pick it up at the lot the next day. But primarily, it was like DUI, DWI, stuff like that, being arrested. That was the primary reason they, they did that. But um, it was just like cashing in. And I'm talking about the first Saturday night we had one. And I was working the phones. I mean, I even went down. I was answering phones on the side of the road, making sure we were getting our, our trucks loaded. And, uh, I mean, our trucks could haul two at a time. So, I mean, once you got your, your second car, you were on the move. And um, we were down there with the towing companies. I mean, it was a doggone party down there with the tow trucks, man. I mean, and that, that was so much fun. And then, of course, it was done at like 2, 33 o'clock in the morning. We'd all be going home. But here's the problem. Everybody then got in trouble Saturday night, one of their cars Sunday morning. So usually about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you know, PG towing. Yeah, you got my Mercury Sable. Uh-huh. What, what I got to do to get it back? <clears throat> it's going to be X amount of dollars to pick up your car today. I'm going to need cash. 
I ain't got that much in cash. So, baby, that's all we take is cash. So you better bring your $100 bills. And I'm telling you, when I was sitting down at that office and I was collecting money hand over fist and passing out car keys and getting people straightened out, I was absolutely hooked with the business. I mean, somebody's got to be out here making this money, right? And I made connections with these people. I was giving them because they gave us these little, you know, generic business cards. I put my name and stuff. Hey, you ever need anything, you call me, I'll hook you up. I made friends that would call dispatch and say, hey, uh, can Chris come help me out? And the company started realizing, you know, that I was kind of a businessman of business. And I'd go out and I'd scoop up accounts they didn't already have. And I would take care of the accounts they had. So whenever, I won't say because they're still around, but whenever a certain tire company would call and, need, you know, needed their, their customers picked up, Man, I go get them as soon as I got the call, drop them off. I go in there and you know, talk to the owners and shake their hands and talk to the managers and make sure everybody was happy. I mean, they were going to deal anyway, but I mean, it was just a good way to, to do business and build that rapport. And I had a lot of friends in the tire shop stuff around here. And uh, man, it was awesome. I loved it. And I was starting to get burned out and my marriage was starting to suffer and it kind of all came to a grinding halt one day when... I just couldn't afford to be gone, you know, 12-hour days or better, six days a week. I was working all the time. I love what I did, but I was never getting to see my family. My wife was going through some things. Our son was very, very young at the time. He was a preemie, and um, she needed help, and I couldn't be there for her. I was broke all the time, and I just I couldn't believe it. I, I just, I got to do something different. I didn't have time to do anything different, so... I went and picked up my check one day, and my check wasn't what it should have been. And um, I called, talked to you know one of the owners, and then got cussed out by the owner that wrote the checks. It's hard when you got a family business; you got three owners to answer to. But apparently, I talked to the wrong owner because it wasn't the one that signed my check, and he basically cussed me out. And so I called him back a few minutes later. I was like, "You know what? I don't need this shit. I quit." All right, that's how you're gonna be. You quit, you gone. I'll, I'll be. I'll pick up my last check next week. I ain't worried about it. So I left, and then I went into, you know, kind of a little depressed, and I went through some things in my life that you know I'm not really proud of. And the truth of the matter is, I really need to get back to work. And so, my brother was leaving out with his family. He joined the military. He was moving out, and uh, we we're having a celebration for him because again he was hitting the road and going cross country and all that. And I started back that same day, and. um I enjoyed it. It wasn't the same as it was. I was tired all the time, but I, I knew I needed to make a living and do something. And uh, it was it was a tough way to make a living. And I'm talking about holidays, weekends, nights. I was never home. Yeah, I didn't see my family hardly ever. But I love the work, and we're getting it done. And you know, I've always said that if you leave once, they, you know, they'll give you a reason to leave again. And that's true in a lot of ways. So. Fast forward a few months, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was really being appreciated. You know, I had some things going on, um, you know, within the company and people we were working with. It just, it was out of control, just tired. Nobody wanted to carry their own weight. And, you know, the owners were doing the best they could. And, you know, a lot of things were changing. I really was I was making all right, but I really wasn't doing as good as I could have been doing. And so, you know, fast forward several months later, I was out. That was it. So, um, I, I was done. So I left that particular company and then um yeah made it through the holidays and january hit and i'm like i gotta get to work man i gotta do something 
Well, back in the day, they used to have a Craigslist, and I would peruse the jobs in Craigslist from time to time, and there's a brand new company in town, Alabama Towing and Recovery, now hiring drivers. All right, cool. I sent an email with a resume, which is unheard of in the towing industry, by the way, and I get a phone call back. Um, hi, is this Chris, Chris Black? Yeah, hey, how's it going? Uh, hi. I'm with Alabama Towing and Recovery. We would like to see you about the possibility of a job that we may have here. All right. When can you come down and see us? I can come today. How about 9.30? 7.30 in the morning, but yeah, I can do 9.30. No problem. Yeah, no problem. I want a job. I was hooked. So get in the shower, get dressed. Head off down to the office. And this is a place I'd never seen before. And it was new. Get down there. I meet the owners. And this was a cast of characters. I couldn't make this crap up if I wanted to. But with everything, there's always more than meets the eye. So the interview was just the beginning. Then I meet the cast of characters. We have a gentleman by the name of, we'll call him Bobby who was running the show, and, and Bobby was a big personality. And, I mean, when he was, hey, guys, how's it going? Everybody doing good? I mean, just Bobby was it, baby. I mean, he was, oh, welcome. I, I'm glad to see you. Glad you're here. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to do great things. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Whatever. He was down. And I was the first guy from Alabama to get hired. So, and then I worked with a guy um, from California, a couple guys from California, We'll call the one guy Eddie. He was cool, man. He was like service extraordinaire. And Eddie would get it done, baby. I mean, he'd get out there and get the tire changes done. Eddie's like, I'm going to teach you how to do lockouts. And I'm like, huh? Oh, yeah, we learned to do lockouts. I was like, that's pretty dope, which is another revenue stream for me. I can learn how to do lockouts. Cool. And uh, he was good with the batteries and the service. I mean, just a whole another level. And, of course, you know, Wayne, the other guy I got introduced to, and that's, uh, that's not really his name. It's close enough. He uh, was from Cali, and he was my driver. I'd never driven a um, wrecker before or a sling truck. So Wayne taught me how to how to run you know, a sling truck. I'm like, cool. So, of course, I've mastered the rollback at this point. I come to this company. Their rollbacks are all you know, six-speed manuals, and they're all cab overs. Every truck they got to cab over, I'm like, cool. Well, I wasn't as comfortable in the in the um, you know six speed manual as I was the automatic, but I learned, and it wasn't that big of a deal. But I, they pro, they put me in the record. I learned how to be record you know extraordinaire. So uh, wheel lift was cool, and of course you know my my magic bag of tricks was endless when I got dollies, and uh, I learned how to winch vehicles out of pastures and backyards and. I could run enough winch cable to pull anything out of anything, man. It wasn't nothing to it. So I had a whole new skill set to learn. And, you know, uh, Bobby was cool, man. He uh, he and I got along really well for the most part. And um, I was going out there and just kill it. So they started hiring people locally. And they hired this one guy. And um, they brought him on to show me what's what. And he didn't really, if I'm being honest with you. He, uh... He's all right. I mean, I'm still friends with the guy today. 
cool guy, but it pushed me to learn more. And so the two of us, we were the wrecker guys. We drove the wreckers and everybody else drove, you know, rollbacks. So we had fun, man. We really enjoyed it. And um, things started getting kind of out of control with, you know, the people who are you know, from California were starting to go back, which was fine. That was always part of the plan. And then it just kind of, you know, it went from being fun and exciting to just grueling work for no money at all. And so I was talking to my grandmother, and um, we had a lot to talk about. The owners, the owners like to come into town and bitch. They just wanted to complain. Why are we running calls? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Whatever else. I was like, all right, whatever. And so the owners came to town. They flew in that afternoon, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. I mean, all they want to do is complain about stuff anyway. And that's all they did when they came. And that's fine. I mean, they're the owners. They can do that. But here's the trick. So... I was talking to a fellow driver at his house because I was on call that night. I get dispatched a call, and my radio in my truck goes off. So I'm like, Tim 4 got the call. Be headed that way shortly. Let me call the customer and let him know I'm coming. So he pulls me up on the little GPS thing and calls me 60 seconds later. I gave you the call two minutes ago. Why aren't you moving? On the radio. I said, Tim 4 making contact, verifying customer's location. He said to me, I don't care about all that. He said, I don't care. I need you moving, and I need you moving now. Okay. So that was it for me. I said, yeah, we ain't doing this. So I went on that last call with him. It was a winch out. Somebody was stuck in a ditch. I pulled him out, and um, I prayed all the way over there. I'm like, I don't really know how to handle this. I'm not really sure what's going on. Of course, on my way over there, you know, it's hurry up. How much further? How much longer? What's your ETA? And it was only... 10 15 minutes away but every two minutes just constant and uh, i said i ain't doing this this is ridiculous so i called my grandmother and i was like after i completed the call i was i pulled down the street in the parking lot of a storage one of those storage facility places i'm standing there talking to my grandmother on the phone explaining to her what i got going on and you know i said i just i don't know if i can keep doing this and she said all right so i got all my crap together in my truck Stand there in the parking lot, all my tools, all my trash, all my everything. And here's the funny part. While I'm standing there, a traffic stop takes place. This couple's in a car. They pull over. And uh, the cop's like, he walks over and he's like, do you see him switch places? I said, honestly, sir, I was on the phone getting my truck cleared out. I, I didn't see anything. And um, the guy was like, well, we're going to have to check the footage on the dash cam real quick. So, And, I mean, this these people had a situation that was going sideways. And normally I'm all about that. But that was not how that worked out for me that day. So, long story short, I go back, I talk to my manager and tell him, hey, man, I appreciate everything you got. You know, uh, you've done for me. You've really helped me out. I love you to death, but I got to go, man. This, this is it. This is it for me. I, I can't. You know, tonight was my last night and this, that, and the other. And I wrote a letter of resignation, turned it into him, and, you know, we were cool. And so the owners were like, uh, this, we, we can't afford to lose you. Will you please reconsider? And I said, no, I'm good. I, I just... He's like, I, I tell you what I'll do. I'll put this in the desk and we'll set it aside and we'll go to lunch on Tuesday and then you can give me your decision on Tuesday. Let's take the weekend to think about it. Never heard from the guy ever again. My understanding was in the meeting they had with all the drivers the next morning, I was basically, they told the other drivers that quitting was unacceptable. I was a loser, essentially, and uh, whatever. So now I got to figure out, like, what is it that I want to do? What do I want to be? Well... While I worked for that company, I was able to do the same thing that I did for the first company as far as running the calls, 
you know, managing the drivers. I did learn fleet maintenance at that point. I learned a lot of really cool skill sets that would later go on to help me in my next endeavor. So now I've quit and I'm done with that. And I went to see my grandmother the next day for lunch. And I just told her why I quit. She said, I think you were right in what you did. She's like, I hate that you didn't really have anything else lined up, but I know that, you know, there's a plan. There's something that's going to happen. And so over the next few days, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Phone calls, like I said, never came. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I guess I'm on my own. I talked to my former, you know, coworkers a few times and, you know, I heard how great things were going there and they weren't. Everybody was miserable and unhappy. And so I said, okay. So it took me a little while, but once I parted ways with that company, I decided that I could not afford to buy a tow truck, but all those things that I learned how to do, I could do on my own. And guess what? If you sign up with motor clubs, it's a good way to get started. And by the way, I don't need anywhere to run this but a vehicle. And I have most of my tools from when I was in the towing industry. So guess what? I went through and took inventory of everything that I had, things that would be nice to have, and things that were an absolute necessity. And guess what I had? Everything that was a necessity for the most part. I had a few things I had to fill in, but... I quickly got on the phone and started talking to my vendor managers for companies like AAA and other motor clubs out there and learned that our market really needed some help on the service side. Light service? Yes, please. And so I signed up to do light duty work. And my grandmother said, you need a vehicle to do that, to market, since that's what people are going to see. Let's find something really nice. So I found a Chevy Blazer that was emerald green. And ironically enough, it was the exact same paint code as her emerald green Cadillac. It's a God thing. So I put my little flashy lights in that bad boy, got it set up. And uh, I actually went over to her house and built this, basically, um, this thing that went in the back of the uh, the truck, like a tool caddy almost. And I uh, covered it in carpet and put the little things in so my jack wouldn't slide around and put the little holders in to you know hold my tools and I had a place to plug in my jump box so it could charge while I was driving around in time for the next call and I had a place to put all my different tools and of course I had a trash can for my used rubber gloves and by the way I had work gloves and you know different lights for different things and I had you know a couple different jacks I mean I could do anything out of that truck and what I couldn't do I'd figure out a way to do with all that I had and of course you know, four ways and, you know, breaker bars and all the other fun stuff, man, I had it going on. And, um, it was very slow in the beginning, but, um, I talked to one of my friends and mentors and she said, well, I'll tell you what, if you'll send me what you need, I'll get you copies so you can get some flyers. I said, okay. So she agreed to photocopy my flyers. And I can't remember where she worked at the time, but she had access to a copy machine, but nobody was in the building like for real, for real. So she'd hook me up like a hundred copies. And what I would do is have her copy something that was two on a page, and then I'd cut them in half. And that way I could double whatever she gave me. Well, she figured that part out, and she started cutting them in half. And then she'd give me the big stack, and then she'd take a small part of the stack, and she'd pass out my flyers at convenience stores and you know things like that around town and start getting the word out. And so I started doing the same thing, and I would drop off business cards, and I'd go talk to shop owners and 
all these different people and I wasn't trying to take business from the other companies that I'd worked for because what I was doing was a completely different side of the business. And I joined motor clubs and of course I had to get the insurance and I had to get incorporated and it was a, it was a real business. I ran it like a business and it was a phenomenal business to be in. And um, I remember my first call I ever ran is Emergency Roadside. That was the name of my company, Emergency Roadside LLC. I've been waiting for about a week and a half to get a motor club call and I got one and it was all the way in Selma. I'm like, really? So it was a BMW jump start. Well, I get over there and the battery's seven years old. It's corroded. It's this, it's that. It's it's in awful shape. And uh, I did get the vehicle to start, amazingly enough. But the lady's like, I really need a tow. And I was like, well, if I can get it started, do you want me to you know, call you a tow truck? She's like, no, if you can get it started, I'd be happy with that. So anyway, I got it started. And then, of course, you know, I miss things doing that. But that developed into a lifestyle for me working being on call i loved it man it was great and um i did that for a long time and was doing pretty good with it and then to you know i kept getting requests for toes oh my gosh can you please you know get a tow truck if you get a tow truck i'll give you so much more business and yada 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 yada. so i used to hang out at this place that sells tow trucks around here and um he had a, a ud you know cab over and you know all that fun stuff uh, had several rollbacks, but they were all, you know, manuals. I'm like, I really don't want to have to get into the manual business. I don't, I don't mind it necessarily, but I don't want to have to hire drivers based on what they can and can't drive. That's going to be a problem. So, um, I went looking around and I don't remember why, but, um, I wound up at, uh, BNR record yard. I had some friends that worked there, and they told me that maybe OBR got some records for sale or some flatbeds or whatever. So I went over there, and the, the nice lady in the office like, well, he's down there at a lunch spot. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go down to the lunch spot, and my grandmother and I already discussed it. She was like, I want you to buy a tow truck. Let's make some money. Let's get this going. I'm like, all right, cool. So I get down there and sit down at the table with OBR, and, and we get talking. I told him what I wanted, and he quoted me a price. I said, well, all I got is, you know, X amount. He's like, well, I guess you're about $2,500 short. I said, okay. Um, I can make that work. I'll see you in an hour with the money. So as soon as I left him, I called my grandmother. I was like, here's a deal. This is what he authorized. This is what he wants. And this is what I'm going to get. But it's $2,500 more than what you and I talked about. She said, okay, let's go. I said, go where? She's like, come take me to the bank. So... We go over there to the bank, withdraw cash, which they don't like that, by the way. And the lady actually pulled my grandmother away and said, are you doing this of your own free will and volition? Or are you like in duress? You know, is he holding you hostage? Like, That's my grandson. And God, no, we're, we're just in business together. <laughs> so give me my money, you know. So they rounded up the cash and we put it in a sack. Don't, and I don't know why this all worked out the way it did, but we put it in a sack and uh, I go back to the office over there, and I said, yeah, I'm here to see BR. All right. And said, who is this? And I told him. So the lady picks up the phone, and a few minutes later, I hear the old pickup truck pull in the back. I'm not saying he screeched tires or nothing like that, but he pulled up with a quickness, and he had a big smile on his face when he went in the office. And uh, I think he was surprised to see me come in with a, a, a sack full of cash. But I did what I said I was going to do, and he always told me if I ever need anything, you know, let him know. And uh, I... I've had a cell phone number for years and you never run into him from time to time, but he was cool, man. And, and he was excited about me getting in the business and, you know, I never had any problems with him or his drivers or anything, but 
Um, and once I got that truck, of course, I had to take the, I mean, it was logoed up for B&R. It had all of his phone numbers and everything. So I spent, me and my buddies spent three or four days stripping that bed down to the bare metal. And still you could see BR on and, and the uh, on the headache rack. So it was just kind of funny. But that's how I got into the record industry. And that's how I believed in what I was doing so much so that I wanted to make sure that I was a part of that. I wanted to be in that business. And I did it for so long. Um, that you know, went well. And and here's the funny part. I hired a guy that I used to work with. He was actually one of my, one of the guys that trained me and we were still really good friends. I hired him and then he's like, we really need the help, you know, so we can run more of these calls. So then I hired his brother-in-law and, uh, his brother-in-law and I, I mean, he's a good guy. And, uh, I mean, we worked together until, you know, it wasn't, didn't make sense for us to, and we ended up parting ways, but I still stayed friends with these people. And then I eventually you know, took the record business and grew into a 24-hour auto repair shop. I said 24-hour auto repair. So uh, I got talked into the shop by a mechanic who ended up, you know, we got the shop up and running, but he and, you know, my uh, my lead record driver, manager, whatever you want to call it, they decided they wanted to go into business for themselves, and they, they parted ways with me. Of course, I didn't know that until after they parted ways, but that was okay. Um, I did feel betrayed in a lot of ways, and, and over the years I got over it. That's you know you, you trust, but but verify. Well, I trusted, and you know things happen, and I'm still cool with these guys to this day. Uh, even you know um, the mechanic that got me into the, the repair business, but I learned a lot about people going into the towing industry, and you know there's good and bad in everything, and a lot of people look at you know tow truck drivers and tow truck owners really as con men and thieves and you know the worst of the worst and things of that nature and i'm going to tell you there are some unscrupulous people out there there just is but for the most part my competitors here in town they're great people you know most of the drivers that i worked with were phenomenal people Uh, they give you the shirt off their back just soft the earth folks but i learned that you can have a love and a passion for something give it everything you got and start losing out on the things that are important like your family my son took occupational therapy in my office at my shop at least once a week you know we had speech therapists that would come to the shop because that's where we were at that's where we worked and you know my guys watched my kids grow up you know but it really got to a point after you know three and a half years it just wasn't what it once was and it was harder to make money and we had to make a tough decision and you know do i regret going out of business the way i did and selling off all my assets and all that i do but it's what was needed at the time so that is the rise and fall of emergency roadside and i still have a passion for the record industry i love it i think it's the best thing ever um as far as jobs that i've had it's certainly the most exciting So once I made it through all of the fun stuff with liquidating that company, that business, and all the fun things in life that go along with it, I had a lot of difficult decisions to make. I was walking away from an industry that I loved and cared about, but I needed to make a living. And at least with the towing industry, I knew how to make money and how to keep things afloat. Um, 
However, I had to kind of figure that part of it out for myself again. So one of the things that kind of kept me grounded with that was when I moved closer to my mother and got into uh, the cellular industry again, which is something I've done in the past, uh, selling cell phones and so forth, I would go talk to the towing companies in the Auburn Opelika market and I would sell their driver's phones or the company phones or whatever. And of course, those would lead to shops and their shops would lead to different industries. And that gave me an opportunity to kind of work with businesses and so forth. Um, And a lot of it was centered around the automotive industry. And because I came from towing and I could speak the lingo and understood what the towing needs were, people trusted me. And so I was able to do that. And one of my good friends today, um, he owns a used car dealer, an auto repair shop and a towing company all in one and uh, i don't know how busy he is these days but man he's he's one of the best in the industry and uh i know the guy well and uh he's done a lot of amazing things for uh the community and his customers over the years but um you know i never walked away from that industry and you you fast forward i took a couple of jobs and then wound up back in you know the montgomery area and um you know had some several things happened here and then I got back into doing roadside assistance because it's what I knew and I loved it. I enjoyed it and I would just keep running with it more and more and more. And so when you start doing roadside assistance and making that money, it's great. And I did that for a couple of years and, you know, COVID hit and all hell broke loose and we were lucky to survive, but we did. And, uh, I bought a tow truck because I have no better sense. I had fun with it, made a couple of bucks. I broke even with the tow truck, but I could not make the money I needed to make to make it worth my while. There was just no way. So I walked away from you know the industry full time in December, well actually January of 2021. In September of 2021, I had a heart attack, which caused me to reevaluate a lot of things and I walked away from the roadside business altogether. Now, the reason I stepped away from it to start with was because there was another industry I was getting into that supported the towing industry in a lot of ways, but nobody understood the industry to offer these products. And every time I would call about something as simple as GPS tracking or two-way radios, nobody understood my industry enough to sell me anything or to tell me what I needed to know. And I'm like, I've got stacks of $100 bills, man. I want to spend money with you. Come on for the love of God. And I just, they didn't understand. Well, will it do this and this? Well, kind of. Well, what does kind of mean? So I really had to kind of teach them about the towing industry and then have them sell to me. And it was nuts. So when I got the opportunity to join forces with DCCI, I did. And, you know, the towing industry is one that we go after pretty hard. So I know the industry. I know its challenges. I understand how much it's changed over the years. I still have my finger on the pulse in the towing industry, believe it or not. I have friends who are still owners. I have people that are in that industry in different capacities still. And uh, most importantly, you know, some things never change. And while gas prices are going up and uh, the workforce is not as vast as it once was with the amount of people that want to get into this industry, you know, it still has a similar set of challenges. And, you know, you want to protect your guys out in the field. Safety is number one. And you want to turn a profit and keep the doors open. It hasn't changed. So that's one of the things that that gets me excited about the work that I do. And I have quite a few 
towing companies under my belt. I've really enjoyed working with the different companies uh, all over the country. Um, they do things a little different in certain places. Uh, I've got one company that um, they're the oldest full-service gas station auto repair and wrecker service in Iowa. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Well, I don't think they work 24-7, but they do very well for themselves because they've been in business for so long. They have a very unique story, which hopefully I'll be able to get them on the uh, podcast one day to talk about. But, um, you know, the point is this industry is is everybody hates towing companies until they need a towing company. And it's just how it is. So, you know, the line of work I'm in now allows me to still support the wrecker industry and uh, the towing and recovery guys out there and gals that are in the industry uh, with technology. Uh, it gives me the chance to, you know, allow these companies to try to survive in a difficult world if you can run a couple extra calls a day i mean that makes a huge difference to your bottom line i mean sometimes it's the difference between being in the black and being in the red so my primary focus is helping these businesses not only become profitable but you know stay safe and making sure everybody goes home at the end of the day that's why in addition to communications i also work with lighting and things of that nature as well so, and I, I meet a lot of business owners who are awesome at recovering cars, but the business side, they kind of struggle with. And I meet some guys specifically into the marketing and, and all that. But when it gets down to the, the nuts and bolts of how the business works, they kind of struggle with that. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but for the most part, you know, we learn from our mistakes and we learn out of necessity in the record industry. So, um, I'm always here to help out anybody who's in the business. Um, if you've ever been curious about the record industry as a whole, I'm always here to talk about it. Um, another thing I'm into is leveraging the, the technology side of it with software and integrating all these different tools together. So there's a lot out there um, to get into. Towing is not, you know, picking up cars and driving away. There's a lot more to the industry than most people would ever think. Well, unfortunately, it's that time again. Time to wrap it up, get on down the road and make some things happen. So I hope you learned some things today that you didn't know in the past. Maybe it gave you a different perspective on some things. Who knows? But uh, make sure to visit my webpage at podpage.com forward slash Chris Black. That takes you to other episodes of the podcast. And it also takes you to my social media links as well. So make sure you join me and get social online with me if you'd like. And as always, please make sure you leave a, leave me a five-star review if at all possible. And uh, let's get the word out. And so far, so good. And I want to thank everybody once again for joining me today. I look forward to next time. <music>